0: Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barkers UK, where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. This week, we ask whether inflation has finally peaked, if central bankers could ease off interest rate rises next year, and whether investments are a bargain, with Sarah Gresty, Head of Investments, and Jean-Paul Yeagers, Head of Asset Allocation. Hello everybody, welcome to another edition of Word on the Street. As I'm looking out the window now at snow and most of the UK is turning into a winter landscape in anticipation of the festive season, it looks like a good moment to take stock of what is happening in the world of investments. To help me with this, I'm joined by Jean Paul Jegers, Head of Asset Allocation at Barclays Wealth. Hello, JP.
1: Hello, Sarah.
0: So I want to start with this week, we've had another set of inflation data, a topic that has been front and centre for investments and also non investors for most of the year, where everybody has been looking, hopefully, for that peak in inflation. What is the latest here?
1: Yeah, that's a very good point. So indeed, inflation has been centre stage uh, with a lot of focus. So this week, we had the, the the latest inflation data, for example, in the US, we did see it dropped from 7.7% to 7.1% slightly undershooting expectations and in the uk it came down ever so slightly from 11 to 10.7% it remains to be seen how this continues going forward but investors indeed have been hoping and anticipating the peak of this the pace in price rises to peak Uh, The outlook, however, remains quite foggy because earlier we also had the PPI, which stands for Producer Price Index in the US, which typically is a little bit earlier than the Consumer Price Index. And that was actually a little bit hotter than expected. So it remains to be seen how this developed over the next few months. We did see that uh, capital markets took the data as a lower interest rate. So bond markets took it quite positively. And we see that uh, equity markets have been holding on to their recent gains.
0: Maybe relatedly, one impact we're seeing here in the UK is a growing list of sectors and workers announcing strikes over the winter period. And in most cases, wages have not kept up with those um, record levels of inflation. It looks like it might turn into a winter of discontent. Why is this?
1: Yeah, that's that's a, that's a very good point. So uh, understandably, the, the, the rising cost of your consumption and whether it may come from energy or food or any other bills is putting quite a strain on the cost of living we've seen multiple shocks arriving uh, on the economy which on a different levels and different corners put prices up so although the words inflation at times might have been thought of often as quite an abstract term it's actually very important for society uh, and, and, and that's why in the past we see that this task has been delegated to central banks uh, and that's actually quite recently so some People often forget that it was just in the mid-90s that central banks in the Western world got formal inflation targets, given that if too high inflation is not good and too low isn't good either. Uh, so somewhere there is a sweet spot in the middle, and that's where typically an economy and a society is best is off.
0: Yeah, and J.P., is that why central banks are trying so hard at the moment to rein in this pace of inflation?
1: Yes, and, and, and that's a, a, a very difficult task to some extent. So we've seen in the in the previous decade that inflation was very low and central banks did a lot to try to push inflation and inflation expectations up to get somewhere closer to that sweet spot of, of inflation. We now see a little bit the opposite where inflation is, is actually too high and we see all central banks now increasing policy rate to stem that, that, that surge in inflation. So this week, we did see that the U.S. Federal Reserve put their policy rate up from 4 to 4.5%. Four we did see in the UK that the Bank of England put the policy rate up from 3 to 3.5%. Three uh, so so the, the pace of inflation that had been triggered by a series of shocks hitting the economy, like supply chain and energy shock, which resulted in inflation getting more and more entrenched, Uh, we now see that there is a lot of focus of central banks on the expectations elements. So for example, wage expectations. So just mentioned the strikes as as, as one example. And that could result in a feedback loop where the observed level of inflation feeds into uh, expectations. And that's something central banks are very very conscious of and they try to, to avoid that feedback loop. And that's why they see now across-the-board policy rates go up in order to stem this this inflation surge. It's something we've written about recently in one of our publications in In InFocus, for example, whether the central banks, why they're trying to put put policy rates up and how that links in with
0: inflation. Okay, that's interesting. Definitely worth a read. Um, But is raising interest rates the only option the central banks have at the moment? So mostly,
1: yes. So they probably answer that question. Well, we have only one tool of, of of setting policy and that's that's putting interest rates up or down. And admittedly, that's a very blunt tool. So different parts in society and different parts in the economy are impacted quite differently. So you use one tool for every that impacts a lot of different corners in, in, in the economy and they will respond and act differently to that. And, and that's in the past, of, that's how central banks in general are conducting counter-cyclical monetary policy. So if they want to stimulate the economy a little more, they reduce policy rates. If they want to put a little bit more of the brake on the economy, they increase policy rates. But admittedly, that's a blunt tool. And that's something that has been mentioned by a number of central banks, especially in light of economies getting out of the pandemic where supply chain issues or an energy shock not necessarily would have been the right trigger to get a counter-cyclical monetary policy. But we now see inflation expectations getting more entrenched and central banks are now keen to get some of the heat out of the labour markets.
0: Yeah, I don't think I envy them at the moment. It seems like a tough job. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is this year we've seen a lot of capital markets decline in price. Maybe it's a way of adjusting to this higher interest rate environment and the inflation that we're seeing. Whether you've invested in stocks, emerging markets, govies or credit, it all seems to have gone down in value. Maybe with the one exception being commodities. Um, so, JP, is now a good time to start or add to your investment plot? Well, that's a good question. That's
1: uh, a hard question. It's- yeah <laughs> we've seen since uh, yeah ar- arguably given given the magnitude of price adjustments we've seen since somewhere in 2021 we've seen most capital markets as you say decline in in, in value and they have become cheaper and some even cheap the unusual bit here is that we've seen nearly all assets come down in value this is quite unusual typically historically you would have seen that either if you get into recession, that equities do poorly, but bonds do quite well, or you see some assets that behave quite differently to different shocks. Uh, given a lot of assets had been conditioned on a very low interest rate and a very low inflation environment, we now see in the adjustment to this this higher interest rates and higher inflation environments, all assets uh, go down in value. And, and this is, uh, you have to go back quite far in history to see some parallels where this would happen if you have a well-diversified multi-asset uh, a portfolio. So to some extent, you could argue, given it's so unusual that all assets go down in value at the same time, uh, that this potentially creates some opportunities as well. Because once you see a bounce, it may be quite likely that all assets uh, will, will bounce uh, at the same time as well. So in that sense, your in jargon, we'd say the correlation, how they move together, different assets, is now quite unusual. And once inflation subsides, or at least the concerns around the, the, the surge of inflation subsides, that potentially provides an opportunity, especially in multi-asset, given it's so unusual that all assets go down in value.
0: Wow, okay, that's really interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing if that occurs as well. That would be great. No guarantees here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to move on and maybe ask you a little bit more around 2023. Do you think it's going to be a very different year from 2022 for these capital markets? Oh, I wish I wish I knew. Uh
1: it's, so we do our best to unpick developments we see in the macro landscape as a team. But we all know we know actually very little about the future. And this this, this is also complicated by the fact that capital markets price in, in all in, in words, anticipate what will happen next. So expectations are embedded in, in market prices. Because essentially, you need to have information or a view that's not yet picked up by the investment community. Clearly a crucial focus this year has been on inflation and at the beginning of the podcast what we mentioned on is there are different dynamics going on. So we see that inflation, yes, it's it's slowing a little bit, but we're not in the clear yet. That means it's very hard to read what central banks uh, will be doing into next year as well. So arguably inflation, the, the pace of price increases will most likely slow from here. And we've seen central banks respond already. So we mentioned that that policy rates are closer to the 3-4% and expectations are currently that around the summer in 23 that is closer to a 5%. So still a little bit more expectations that central banks will lift the policy rate a little bit further. But it remains a very, yeah, very cloudy outlook on how the dynamics between inflation, central banks and capital markets will unfold. In the next six six to 12 months, I can make two observations. So one of it is, is so far this year, investors have been underestimating the strength of recent trends. So the peak in inflation has been, yeah, has been forecasted many times. And and we also noticed that events will come and go. And, and, and a few years ago, who had thought about a global pandemic, a war on the European doorstep, double digit inflation concerns? Just a few years ago, none of these were any concerns of, of investors. This Investing essentially is a matter of getting invested and picking up the risk premium over time as a reward of carrying the investment risk. So the longer you hold a diversified investment portfolio, the more likely it is that you average out something that's closer to your average return expectations over time. So if
0: I understand you correctly, you're saying it's impossible to call the winners and losers consistently? Uh, the,
1: that's why it's important to get invested with diversification in mind. If you spread your investments across different assets or products or combining them in such a way that's appropriate for your risk tolerance, that's probably your best starting point. Calling the winners and losers consistently is, is near impossible because you probably need to do that on a very consistent basis. Uh, Already we see that if you combine different assets and build investment portfolio, this by itself is not necessarily an easy task in assets. It requires you to have some sense of risk management. So how do different assets interact and behave in a portfolio? If you put them together, you need to have some sense of portfolio optimization. So how do a trade off risk and reward, for example? And finally, you need to come up with some expectations. So, for example, return expectations for investing in those different assets. And and that's why we have an extensive process and team just looking at that, uh, how to combine those different assets and build investment portfolio in such a way that it is appropriate as strategic asset allocation for clients.
0: I also wanted to pick up on something you said earlier when you spoke about inflation and what central banks are doing and how this is now the main focus for capital markets. So what I'm interested in, is this what you and the team are also using for your main investment decisions at the moment?
1: Um, It's something we closely track, uh, but it's important to realize when we build uh, investment portfolios that for the strategic asset allocation, so that's the proportions of different assets in your investment portfolio, all the expectations that go in that mix of how we combine those assets uh, should be long term. So there will be a long term expectation of equity market returns, there will be long-term expectation of inflation. So that will be more the structural expectations over a strategic time horizon that goes into that process. Uh, However, we do make tilts in those portfolios, and that's more based to adapt to the economic and inflation backdrop we observe. Uh, And here we do, of course, take that information into account. So here we do see what's happening in inflation, how central banks are responding, and we will make small tilts in those asset class weights to capture those swings in in, in in capital markets. Here, for example, we have been a little bit more government bonds in portfolios than we would strategically have, as we feel the likelihood of longer term interest rates drifting lower from here has increased. So those, those bits of how you adapt the portfolio, given the inflation and economic backdrop, is something we do more in the tilts in how the strategic composition of the portfolio look like, that's much more longer term expectations.
0: So thank you, JP. That that seems to make sense. And it's interesting to see how everything comes together. Thank you so much for joining us today, JP. And thank you for all our listeners. We look forward to speaking to you again for another Words on the Street. All investments can fall as well as rise in value and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation.